Welcome to Dad Healing, and also welcome to Jurassic Park. That's right, this week we are talking about Dr. Alan Grant's Sam Neill's character from the original Jurassic Park, and I am aware that this character shows up in Jurassic Park 3 as well, but because Jurassic Park 3 is a terrible film, I'm going to be focusing just on the first movie. Um, I also have not read the book Jurassic Park, but I have read the wiki page, so I'm going to take all that into account as best I can, and yeah, let's talk about paleontologists, right? Like, uh, Alan Grant is basically the protagonist of Jurassic Park, and we're introduced to him as this world-renowned paleontologist. And actually, in the script, according to the Jurassic Park wiki, Alan Grant is described as mid-30s, a ragged-looking guy with intense concentration you wouldn't want to get in the way of. And the first time we meet him, he's at a dig. So he's like, like up in the dusty kind of like dinosaur excavation site. Um, he's in his like sensible paleontologist where he has a hat, which I will get back to in a bit because the hat is very important. Um, and he's all excited about, uh, about finding this, uh, this velociraptor, like a whole skeleton, which I don't think actually happens. Like if dinosaur restoration or recovery were that easy like I'm pretty sure like most skeletons are based on a lot of guesswork and assembly you don't just find like a velociraptor lying underground but we're introduced to all of his salient characteristics very early on uh, he has a hat he is bad at technology so he like touches the computer that they're using to to image the velociraptor underground and it starts to to fritz out and also his dislike of children. So really the first big scene that he's in is um, he's all excited that he like found this velociraptor and he's like, oh yeah, it's so clear that, that uh, these, these majestic beasts evolved into our modern day birds. He's giving this little mini lecture on it. And um, this little shitty kid comes up and is like, that overgrown turkey doesn't look so scary to me. And, uh, and Alan's like, oh, you don't disrespect dinosaurs around me. And um, his partner or girlfriend, it's kind of ambiguous, Ellie is just like, here we go again. Like, this is something that happens a lot. Like, the shitty kids are just following Alan Grant around and, like, mocking dinosaurs. And... That is Dallin Grant's other characteristic is that he fucking loves dinosaurs. Like he has like a childlike wonder and appreciation of dinosaurs that is very evident throughout the film. But anyway, so this kid is like, you know, making fun of Velociraptor and Alan Grant like pulls out the kind of the hooked iconic Velociraptor claw. And uh, I guess like side note, Velociraptors, I think, are not actually how they're described in the movie. Like, obviously, this movie makes up a lot of stuff about dinosaurs. I think Utah raptors are, like, the ones that are described in the film. But anyway, he pulls out this Utah raptor slash velociraptor claw. And he's like, oh, you're not so scared of uh, this, uh, this overgrown turkey, huh? Well, try to imagine you're in, in the jungle in the Cretaceous period. Uh, Jurassic period. Uh, you're in the before people times. 
and you see this overgrown turkey coming at you through the brush. And you think, maybe its vision is based on movement, like T-Rex. So you stand still. But no, not Velociraptor. You look at it, and it looks straight back at you. That's when the attack comes, but not from the front. From the sides. The two Velociraptors you didn't know were there. And then he describes, like, it's like, and they use their hooked claw to, to tear you open. Maybe here or here. And he's just like swinging it across the kid's torso. He's like, or maybe here, right across your belly, spilling out your intestines. And he's like, the point is, you're still alive when they start to eat you. So try to show some respect. And the kid is like fucking terrified. Like, I mean, he's kind of a shitty kid, so maybe he deserves it. But like, this is like a very important lesson in this film early on that like, you do not talk shit about dinosaurs when Alan Grant is around. And he also is a man who, like, really respects the, like, brutal efficiency of dinosaurs, which is very important later on. So uh, he's, uh, he does not like kids. And uh, he's talking to Ellie, and she's like, was that really necessary? Do you have to, like, describe viscera to this kid? Um, and he was like, oh, hey, kids, they're all, like, noisy and messy and... Uh, they're expensive and smelly and they have this like this like little mini argument about how kids are bad and uh apparently she wants kids and he's like no kids are dumb um and she says like oh but some kids could be good and um anyway john hammond who has created jurassic park um i assume that most people have seen jurassic park <laughs> but um uh, John Hammond, uh, like, lands, and basically he's been funding their dig for the last few years. He's, like, this wealthy industrialist. And he's like, I've been having some problems with um, with my park. Like, I have legal issues. My investors won't sign off on it unless I have some experts come and check it out and give me the green light. So if you do this, I'll fund your dig for, like, the next three years. And they love dinosaurs. So they're like, oh, okay. Um, okay, Grandpa, we'll come with you to your island. Um, and they still don't really know what it's about at this point. Um, but, uh, but when they land, um, the first dinosaur they see, right, is like a Brachiosaurus or Brontosaurus. I always forget which is which, but like a tall herbivore with like a big, big ass neck. And like Alan's reaction is just like, what? Like he gets wide eyed and like, he just is like, oh, it's, it's a dinosaur. And he like almost faints and like Ellie has to like help him up. And he's just like so full of wonder and awe and joy. And he's just like, these things that I've been studying for so long are real. My babies, my babies, I love them. Um, because he doesn't like kids, but he does like dinosaurs. So they go back to like the Jurassic Park Visitor Center and they're like hearing about all how they did all this and they see like a baby dinosaur hatch but it's a baby velociraptor and he's like and his wonder really turns to like caution really quickly he's just like you bred raptors and it, he says it in this way that's almost just like he has history with velociraptors like personally like they beat him up when he was in high school or something like He's just, like, really, like, these are the evil dinosaurs. You shouldn't have done that. Um, but uh, but he's like, okay, well, I guess we'll go on this tour. And um, 
I, I hadn't watched Jurassic Park in like so long, but I've watched this movie like dozens of times when I was a kid. It was like my favorite movie. And I guess it's so imprinted on like the childhood part of my brain that even when I was rewatching it for this episode, I was just like, no, don't go, don't get in the Jeep. Don't go, don't go on the tour. Don't do it. It's not going to go well. It's going to be bad. Um, Newman's going to sabotage the park. No. Uh, obviously they do. They do it. And yeah, so um, he, the, the other thing is like these kids show up, right? And they're John Hammond's grandkids and they're named Tim and Lex. And Lex is like this hacker and a vegetarian. Those are like her personality characteristics and like doesn't like dinosaurs. And Tim likes dinosaurs. That's basically his whole thing. And he doesn't like heights. Um, and Tim is like a huge fan of, well, A, dinosaurs, and B, Alan, because Alan is like this famous paleontologist who's written a book about dinosaurs, and he's actually based on this real paleontologist named Jack Horner, who was like a consultant on the movie. But um, there's two cars that they go in, and Ellie basically says that... Um, that uh, the kids should go with him because it would be good for him. And he's like, oh, kids. Um, and like on the tour, he's very quickly like skeptical about the idea that you can like contain dinosaurs because again, he's like, you know, he understands and respects the power of, of dinosaurs. And then also um, Jeff Goldblum's character is kind of coming from a similar place with this whole chaos theory thing about like, you know, you can't just like have this human hubris that says that we can do anything we want. Like he has that line about, uh, you know, your scientists were so concerned with whether or not they could, they didn't think about whether they should. Um, and uh, so they're all kind of like skeptical and John Hammond is pretty pissed off, understandably, because he's brought on these experts to like sign off on his stuff. And they're all like, man, this seems like a pretty bad idea, honestly. Like um, this, did, did anyone stop you at any point and be like, hey, um, maybe don't. So he's pretty pissed off. But um, at one point, uh, Alan is like going, so they're on the tour and Alan is like, getting tired of just like sitting in this automated car and like not seeing any dinosaurs because they're all like off doing other stuff. So he like gets out and he's just like, ah, I'm going off road. And, uh, he just like finds this triceratops and like, it's sick cause it's been eating some like plant that it shouldn't be. And he's just like, he's like, it's a triceratops. And just like, he just like puts his head up against it and like has this huge grin on his face he's like listening to it breathe and he's like it was my favorite when I was a kid and now it's the most beautiful thing I ever saw um and that's this moment that kind of like endears him to the kids right because he's like basically a kid when it comes to dinosaurs like he's smart about them and he like obviously has degrees and stuff but he just has this childlike love of dinos he just like loves these dinos and um so they're kind of like oh maybe he isn't just like this gruff jerk who is kind of rude maybe he is like kind of cool 
So anyway, the tour continues. Uh, Newman, um, Dennis Nedry sabotages the park so that he can try and steal dinosaur embryos for a rival company. And it goes wrong, obviously, and that's how all of the dinosaurs get out. And the first dinosaur that they encounter when this happens is the T-Rex. And basically, the kids don't know anything about dinosaurs or, like, they're too scared, I guess, to really know. So, like, Ellie is, like, shining this light and it attracts the T-Rex. And it's like, oh, I'm going to fuck that light up, dude. I'm going to, like, chow down on some fucking light. Um because its vision is, like, based on movement, right? So, like, if the light's flashing, it's like, oh, hey, over there, I'm going to eat that. Um, and Alan um, is in the car with um, with Ian Malcolm and the lawyer, uh, who is, like, the park's lawyer, who's, like, trying to get uh, people to sign off on it so that he can, like, take it back to the investors and be like, see, we're all going to make a lot of money off of this. Um, he is in the car with the kids. And when the T-Rex comes, the lawyer just, like, fucking bails. Like, he just runs to this outhouse and hides in there. And, like, he just leaves these kids there, right? Which is, like, pretty terrible and, like, pretty traumatizing, probably. Like, you're with someone who is supposed to be the responsible adult, and he just bails on you. So the T-Rex is, like chomping at their car and uh, trying to eat them. And Alan is like, okay, well, um, I understand dinosaurs, so I'm going to do something. And he like, breaks out these road flares that were inside the Jeep. And he like, goes outside and starts waving it around to, to draw the T-Rex over and then throws it. Um, so he's like the first person to like actually take, um, take any action to rescue the kids by um, by drawing the T-Rex away after the lawyer bails. And um, Ian Malcolm kind of tries to do the same thing, although he, like, doesn't, like, do the trick of throwing the flare. Like, he just runs with it. And so, obviously, the T-Rex goes after him. Uh, the T-Rex, like, crashes into the outhouse and then eats the lawyer who's, like, sitting on the toilet. And it's not really clear. Like, he wasn't really moving, so... I don't know how he knew, or how, sorry, she, because the tier, all the dinosaurs are is ladies, um, mostly. I don't know how she knew that the lawyer was in there, but anyway, the lawyer gets eaten. And um, so basically there's like a huge scene where Alan is like trying to protect the kids from this T-Rex and like trying to rescue them after like the T-Rex knocks their Jeep off this cliff. And... Like, they basically get to this some semblance of safety. And then um, they're, like, hiding up in this tree. And Allie's just, like, not Allie, um, Lex is, like, he, he left us. And, like, she's obviously traumatized by the fact that in this, like, m probably the most terrifying moment of her young life, the person who was supposed to be responsible just, like, was a coward and sort of just, like, abandoned them. And so Alan is just like, that's not what I'm going to do. And he's just, like, up in this tree with his arms around the kids. And they're like, Alan, what if the dinosaurs come back when we're asleep? And he's like, 
well, uh, I'll just stay awake. And they're like, all night? He's like, yep, all night. And that's really this like turning point uh, in the movie when Alan, as like the reluctant stepdad, basically becomes this like this figure who, when the chips are down, will actually do like a pretty good job of being like protective, responsible dad. And that's something I'm going to come back to in a bit because the contrast between Alan, uh, the lawyer, and Ian Malcolm here is like the lawyer just bailed. Uh, Ian was kind of like, he wasn't the first person to act and he's kind of incompetent when he did. Um, and Alan is the only one who's like actually handling the situation while and like protecting the kids. So by the time they get to the electric fence that they're like, so they're trying to make their way back to the visitor center, basically like they don't really know what's going on, but like they figure the power's out and they are trying to get back to the visitor center to group up with the other people, like with John Hammond and Ellie and, and all those people. So they come up to this electric fence and, uh, Alan's like, oh, I guess the power's out because, like, he sees the lights are off. And so he, like, slowly reaches out to touch it and then goes, like, like, pretends that he's getting shocked and then just, like, turns around and smirks at the kid. So he's, like, gone from basically being really, like, he's gone from <laughs> terrifying children with raptor organ spillage stories to, like, messing with them in, like, this really playful way like joking around with them. So like there's this transformation that's happened through this like bonding of having to rescue them from like a giant dinosaur. So he kind of continues to be in that role of like protecting kids as the, um, as the movie comes to its conclusion and they get chased by raptors for a while um, Lex has to like save the day by using her hacker skills to like re-enable the security systems and then um, he doesn't actually no one actually kills any dinosaurs in this movie which is something that I did not remember um, the ending like is not about Alan like shooting all the dinosaurs like he even has a shotgun at one point and he's like like he is prepared to shoot dinosaurs. He doesn't love them that much that he wouldn't like kill them in self-defense. But um, basically they're all saved when like this T-Rex appears and like eats the Velociraptor and then runs and then like, you know, run, well, it doesn't run off. They run off, but um, it's kind of weird. Cause like the Velociraptors are sort of portrayed as like this intelligent evil or like, yeah, I feel like because they have intelligence, like they can open doors and like stalk them around and things. And they're like people size. They're they're portrayed as kind of like, yeah, this more of like a like alien or like some kind of like thoughtful creature that is like actively hunting. Um, versus the T Rex is like almost more of this like natural force that's like kind of like a giant monster, which is just sort of like eating because it has to like it's just there so like when it eats the velociraptor at the end it plays like the triumphant theme music which is kind of i always thought was kind of weird but um anyway the last shot of the film is like um is 
or the last scene is they're all on this helicopter you know, after Alan's gotten his like big quip in about like after much consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. Um, ha 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 ha. We almost died. Um, but they're on this helicopter off the Island and like Ellie is sitting across from Alan and like the, the kids are like falling asleep in his arms. And he looks at the window and he sees this like flock of, um, of I think pelicans flying. And he's just like, yeah, dinosaurs was birds all along. Um, but, like, that last shot really just cements this movie as, like, a transformation, like a dadly transformation, um, where Alan is, like, moves into the space of, like, being cool with kids and, like, being able to joke with them and, like, being responsible, basically. Not that he's portrayed as, like, irresponsible at the beginning of the movie, but he's kind of, like, hostile to to children. Um, and I guess in Jurassic Park 3, there's some stuff about how Ellie has, like, moved in with someone else and, like, starts a family, and he it feels weird about that. But I, I, again, Jurassic Park 3 is not great. So um, I really like this movie as, like, a self-contained story about dads. And I think upon rewatching it that Jurassic Park really is a movie about dads and, and masculinities rather than a movie about dinosaurs. Um, if you think about it, like, like all the male characters in the film. Um, so we've got the lawyer who is uh, kind of like bumbling, cowardly, uh, selfish. Like he constantly talks about how much money uh, the park is going to make him and everyone else. And he is, like, the first main character, well, semi-main character to die, right? Like, he gets eaten by the T-Rex. And we're all like, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Like, in the Weird Al song, Jurassic Park, there's that line, a huge Tyrannosaurus ate our lawyer. Well, I suppose that proves they're really not all bad. And that's that's true, right? So the lawyer is, like, incompetent and cowardly, runs away when the kids are in trouble. Like, come on, dude. Um, Ian Malcolm actually says that he loves kids and has three when Alan asks him, but he doesn't really ever talk to Tim or Lex. Like, I don't know that there actually is a line that he has in the movie where he talks to them. Like he never interacts with the kids. Um, and mostly he seems interested in himself and women. Like he is the classic like leather jacket wearing grad student who is just snarking in the corner about how problematic everyone's being. And yeah, he mostly just wants to talk about chaos theory and like touch Ellie's hands. Um, and also he spends most of the movie, I did not remember this, but he spends most of the movie like laid up with John Hammond, basically doing nothing. Like he shows up, is like chaos theory, am I right? Um, gets knocked unconscious by a T-Rex, and then I guess just, like, I don't know, is this, like, an excuse just to have Jeff Goldblum, like, lounging for a lot of the movie, like, in a really erotic way? Because, like, A+, plus, well done, but, like, Ian Malcolm's character is not really... He's definitely not a dad, even though he apparently is a father, uh, at least in this movie. And I know in um, The Lost World, there's more of that. He's more of a, a focus in that respect. But... um in this movie, he's just, like, there he did, and not even there for a lot of it. 
Uh, John Hammond loves his grandkids, but he sees himself as, at least at the beginning of the movie, he sees himself as like above nature rather than like a part of it, right? And that's really Ian Malcolm's whole critique of him is that he's like, thinks he is in control and really he's not. He is part of this world and he also can't manage the natural world in, in this really simplistic way that he seems to believe he can. He's coming from a good place. Like he wants to uh, share amazing things with people and he wants to give people these really incredible experiences, but he also thinks he is like this almost like God figure. And then there's also the game hunter, right? So this guy who is sort of hired as the, the main warden of Jurassic Park and he doesn't really have a big role. He's kind of just like the skeptic about the whole thing. He has like more of a role in the second half of the movie where it's revealed that he has kind of this like weird like grudge against, again, like velociraptors are treated as people in this movie who like, um, he has this like bad blood with the, with the main raptor. And also he's like a, a hunter. So he's like all about testing himself against nature, right? And really, in the movie, he doesn't seem really interested in protecting anyone, which you would think is kind of his job in this situation. Like, he's someone who knows how to, like, operate firearms and, like, how to hunt things. Like, you'd think he would be a great person to have around. But because he's really only interested in glory and, like, testing himself against dinosaurs, he gets himself killed. So out of all of these characters, Alan Grant is the only one who is, like, actually competent. Um, he doesn't spend most of the movie unconscious or, like, you know, off his feet. Um, he's motivated by, like, a desire to understand rather than control. And he is really, like, the only male character who is really like in tune with nature um like his whole thing is that he loves dinosaurs but he doesn't think that that necessarily means that they should be brought back um to modern times because like there's no way of knowing what kind of interactions they would have with our ecosystem um like and he doesn't want to profit from dinosaurs he doesn't want to conquer dinosaurs he just is, like, he appreciates them, and he appreciates, like, the natural world and the fact that it can be dangerous, but it can also be beautiful. And so I really feel like Jurassic Park is this movie about, like, different kinds of masculinities and how all of these attempts, these, like, masculine attempts to conquer or profit from or control the natural world are, like, doomed to failure, and that this kind of, like, behavior that or this path that Alan charts is really um, the only the only successful one or the only uh, one that the movie kind of approves of. And so the movie is kind of partly about like proving that that is like the, the right way to go and also kind of about just like Alan's journey of becoming a dad. Um, basically just moving from this kind of 
revulsion towards children, towards like kind of more of an understanding of them and like a patience with them, which is sort of in tune with that whole idea of just like being okay with the diversity of nature, which includes the fact that like there are children who act in ways that adults don't act in because their brains aren't developed yet or because they don't haven't learned social behavior. Um, and it's sort of him like fitting that into his whole philosophy of like understanding the world. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like I didn't have that kind of, I guess because I hadn't seen this movie in like 20 years, but um, I really feel like it's a movie about dads and like how um, only people who are like only Alan's way of sort of like being a man and being like a dad is really um, going to get him through this whole situation. Like everyone else is either like causes problems, is incompetent or dies. I guess I should mention the hat um, before I go, uh, there's a whole section on the Jurassic Park wiki for Alan Grant's hat. He's wearing this fedora like the whole time until it's knocked off his head by the T-Rex. Um, and then in the third movie, there's like a line when someone like rescues his hat and he's like, oh, well, that's the important thing. Um, and apparently this is like a big paleontologist thing and like, you know, I guess it makes sense to wear a hat if you're like outside in the sun. Um, a lot, it's important to wear hats and like wear sunscreen and, um, you know, protect yourself from the sun's UV rays. So uh, if you take anything away from this podcast, you know, wear sunscreen every day, even when it's overcast, wear a hat, um, you know, be good to your skin um, and be a good dad. So that is my review of Jurassic Park, uh, the movie. Uh, that's my book report, uh, Jurassic Park. A tale of two dads, more than two. Um, but yeah, so I want to thank Joe Macare for suggesting Alan Grant as a topic. Um, I may dive into the Lost World at some point because I know Ian Malcolm's character gets explored a little more there. But yeah, I don't know. I think this is like a compelling way to like think about Jurassic Park. Um, really less about dinosaurs than it is about ways of being a dad. Well, uh, that's all for this week. Um, I hope you like this episode. If you have ideas for future dads, questions, or comments, um, please get in touch with us on Twitter, at Damien and at Dad Feelings. Um, thank you so much, and I will see you next week. Bye, kiddos. Is it Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by Nick Bravo for Stay Mean. Stay Mean is listener-supported. If you appreciate the shows we make and want access to bonus episodes and other perks, support us at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album, Foil Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy. Thanks for listening. Be good, kiddos.